How are you protecting your kids from the narcissistic relationship? How are you protecting your kids from getting involved in a toxic relationship? How are you protecting your kids from codependency? So what I want to talk to you about today, because a lot of times people get into narcissistic relationships and they realize, hey, part of the reason why I opened the door and part of the reason why I got with this person is because I was already struggling with who I am. I was already struggling with my dependency on another person. Oftentimes you don't see this till the end of the relationship when the person's getting out and they're like, wait a second, like I think this was my fault or I think that I'm not good enough if I'm not with this person or I'm thinking, what is my worth? Because they're considering it being about another person. And oftentimes codependency can be a really big destructive aspect of the narcissistic relationship because you can get into a narcissistic relationship and be so dependent on that other person that you don't think that there's anything else out there. You don't think it's possible to find that same love, that same connection that you had with that person. Well, how are you helping the next generation not get run into that problem? How are you helping them avoid that codependency aspect and avoid ultimately getting involved with a toxic person or in a narcissistic relationship. We've been going through the book recently, The Narcissist in Your Life by Julie Hall. Feel free to check it out. It's got some great information here. And she talks about here about protecting your children from codependency. And so a lot of times people ask me, how do I help my kids? How do I help my kids not become a narcissist? How do my kids, so they don't get involved with the narcissist down the road? Well, here we go. All right, protecting your kids from codependency. It says here, just as children need to help to steer away from adopting narcissistic behaviors, they also need to help navigating away from codependent behaviors that have been modeled for them. Actively supporting them is important, but they also need you to show them that you respect and value yourself. You see, you can't develop a child, you can't develop another person into helping them not be codependent if all they see is you be codependent as well. So again, the hard part about healing from some of this and working through it with kids and moving forward in the future is it's still about you. It's still about how are you working on growing yourself, growing away from that codependency, growing away on you being self-confident, of you having that self-assurance of who you are and what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. To be able to do that, they they need you to model healthier patterns in your life and relationships. Even if you're not prepared to leave your narcissistic partner, you can do many things to change your own behavior and improve things for yourself and for your kids. Oftentimes, this is how I coach and talk to people in these narcissistic relationships of you have to change your mindset first. You have to change what you're thinking and what you're doing. I've made a couple videos about, I made one recently about like freedom and like the aspect that like freedom starts in your mind first. Because oftentimes people can get out of a relationship. They can get down the road, like years down the road, and they're still not free. They're not free from the narcissistic abuse that happened to them that makes them doubt themselves, that keeps them in a trauma bond, that keeps them tied down and they're not sure how to move on. It starts with us. Each and every day, how are you going to grow? How are you going to improve your life to be the person that you need to be? And for here, to be the person that your kids need you to be, okay? All right, so a couple couple things. We're going to dive in real quick. Got 10 different things. Your kids need to show them that you, that you, number one, are willing to acknowledge reality. So often you have parents that ignore reality or tell the kids that this reality doesn't exist. 
In one sense, it's almost like low-key, like gaslighting the kids. Daddy wasn't abusive when he did this. Or mommy didn't, you know, go out with this other person. Like they try to be able to adjust and change the reality. What you have to realize is you have to embrace reality. You have to say, hey, this is what's happening. It doesn't mean you shame the other person. It doesn't mean you devalue everything that's going on. But it does mean that you're upfront with the kids. You have to be able to acknowledge what that reality is to start off with. Number two, understand and respect your feelings. You can't help them to process their feelings. You can't help them to engage with their feelings if you're not understanding yourself. Start working on how do you understand, how do you process, how do you go through mentally working through the process of how do I deal with these feelings and these emotions that pop up. If you're not able to do that, then you're not going to be able to lead the kids in that way too. So please think through that. Number three, take responsibility for yourself. You are the only person that can change you. A lot of times we start thinking about this from the narcissist perspective and on the narcissist side of like, how can I change the narcissist, all these type of things. But at the end of the day, the only thing that you can change in the relationship is you. How are you going to work on the responsibility of your self-care, of your self-help, of growing yourself on a day-to-day basis? That's what matters the most, to be able to be that person that you need to be, to be able to be that person for your kids. Number four, do not need to control things to feel okay. A lot of times when people are in narcissist relationships, they feel like they have to control certain things in order for that to be okay. Now, there is control of certain things like safety. Obviously, I'm not saying to not to just ignore that. But what I'm saying is there's moments in time in the relationship that you can say, hey, it's okay. This does not affect me long term. This is something that is a moment that is passing. And I need to work on engaging with my feelings and understanding what's actually happening to say, hey, I can be okay. This this relationship is awful. This situation is awful, but I don't have to have someone else dictating to me how I need to feel or how I need to process things because of their bad attitude, because of their abusive nature. Again, we're not talking about sticking in this relationship. If they're not honest, if they're not vulnerable, if they're not changing, then leave and get out. But what we are saying is be careful that you don't get to a place where you have to control stuff to feel okay, okay? Don't, don't put that weight on it. Number five, accept your mistakes and weaknesses without blame or shame. This one's hard. This is hard for literally everyone out there. It's super hard for people to be able to say, hey, I accept what happened. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. This is something I struggle with. This is, something, this is an area that I'm weak on. And it doesn't mean you have to take that blame or that shame with it. A lot of times, people getting out of relationships come with deep-seated shame. They come with a lot of shame of, how could I let that happen? They come with a lot of shame of, why was I so stupid to be in this relationship? They come with a lot of shame of, man, I hate that I reacted that way because that came across really wrong. Those are things that happen. You can learn from them, you can grow from them, but don't dwell on them. Don't bring that shame into your life and don't demonstrate that shame to your kids because they need to understand how they can process stuff, how they can process guilt, frustration, sadness, and not have it rip apart their lives with shame. Number six, have your own opinions and interests. 
That is hard to do in these abusive relationships, right? Because you want to sacrifice everything because it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous to put it out there of what's actually happening. We'll know that you have to have those so you can be able to show your kids, so you can be able to show people out there like, hey, this is, this is who I am. You can be your own person. It's okay for you to have emotions. It's okay for you to have feelings. It's okay for you to have likes, interests that don't match mine, that don't match, you know, the other person, the, the spouse in the relationship, whatever it might be. But they have to see that model first. They have to see that, hey, you have your own opinions and interests as well. Maybe you can't always voice them because of that relationship, but they need to be able to see that too. Number seven, have fulfilling relationships outside your family. Learn to create those relationships with friends, with, say, other family, like outside of immediate family, but learn to have relationships with other people, other friendships out there, so that you can continue to grow and expand your life. A lot of times people in narcissist relationships don't build support groups because they don't invest in other friendships out there. Yes, a lot of times that is limited and isolated because of the narcissistic relationship. But as you're trying to teach your kids and grow your kids, they need to understand, hey, it's not just all, all about conforming to this one person. There's other people out there that will help raise you up. Number eight, are you are not afraid, show them, show the kids that you are not afraid of being alone. That it's okay. It's okay to be alone and not have to have another person in your life. It's okay to take a break and be like, okay, this is just a moment. This is just a season, whatever it might be, but it's okay to be alone. Oftentimes people get to the place where they're so addicted to another person that they have to be with someone or on the phone or connected to someone 24 seven, take a break, let the kids know, Hey, it's okay. Spend time reading a book. Spend time on a walk, whatever it might be to demonstrate that you don't have that codependency and work on instilling those habits that help change that perspective. Number nine, do not value others over yourself. Show the kids good self-care. This is what I have to do to help me grow. This is what I have to do to be the person that I need to be on a day-to-day basis. So demonstrate that every single day. And number 10, We'll say no and follow through on it. That's one of the hardest things in an abusive, narcissistic relationship. So as you get out of that, make sure the kids know as well that you are setting boundaries. You're setting boundaries to be able to protect them, to be able to protect yourself, and ultimately to be able to continue to grow, heal, and change. But you can't do that if you say yes to everybody. You can't do that if you say yes to the abusive relationship. So say no, set those boundaries, and learn to be able to follow through with it. Follow through is one of the biggest things that the kids need to see, that narcissistic people need to see, that you're going to follow through. That it's not just a false promise or an empty thing that you're throwing out there. So hope that helps with codependency. 